Yeah. There's only so much hustling and grinding that you can do to make your business work for you. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, we're back with another edition of the podcast. I'm David Allen, and we have an interesting guest for you today. We're sort of taking a slight departure. You'll see what I mean in a moment. We're going to talk about some things that pertain to entrepreneurship, which most people may be overlooking or just not addressing in any way, shape, or form. And you'll see why this is important later because the man we have on today has sort of lived that and he'll be able to explain it a lot better than I can. Ian Dunlap, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you on. You know, I didn't know really anything about you, uh, you know, at first until I read some of the articles you put out and so forth. And uh, it sounds like you've had quite the journey. So that's usually where we like to start. Let's start right up front with, uh, tell us about your origin story, uh, your superhero origin story. Tell us where you were, where you came from, and, uh, and uh, lead us down the garden path to where you're at today. Wonderful. So initially, how I got into entrepreneurship is because of my dad. He's had a construction company ever since I was a kid. So he blessed me with that gift of wanting to be an entrepreneur. Fast forward later on, finally have the audacity to reach out on my own and begin to do some things. And I went to a uh, Dan Kennedy seminar way back in the day. I think it was maybe 2003 or 2004. Ooh. And I said, holy sh! I did not know <laughs> there was an industry where you can actually do marketing. So I was into, you know, fashion and different things that were hot, but I didn't know how to monetize that. Right. And I am, you know, listening to Dan and all of this greatness speak on about how you can market and get clients. And my first client in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, where I went to college at Indiana University, right. was a uh, local insurance company there. Okay. I was going to say, now, before we tackle about that, like, how did you hear about that? And what made you decide this is something I need to attend? Back then, it was the Wild West. So there wasn't a <laughs> ton of verified information. So <laughs> people were pitching MLMs, claiming they were making a million dollars a day and, you know, all right. that crap back in the day. And then whenever I would look, because uh, my dad would always tell me that sales and marketing are the two most important parts of the business. And then, of course, reputation. Right. So I would just randomly look for marketing things in between classes. And then I don't know, I went down a rabbit hole of internet marketing. Right. And uh, I think Corey Rudel, and I think he mm. mentioned Dan. And uh, one of my friends, uh, Noble, he said, man, I got this book about time management. I don't know who this guy is, <laughs> but he is hands down the most honest guy I ever heard in business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm <laughs> sure Dan would appreciate that. <laughs> and I said, okay, let me go run to the bookstore. Got the book and I was blown away, you know, at, at some of the teachings and I saw some of the old newsletters and then I really got wrapped up in learning, you know, through Dan and his newsletter. Cause back then, I mean, we're older. There wasn't a ton of information. You had a couple of books, right. a couple of magazines, but there was not a proliferation of great info from people and not wonderful podcasts like yours to help people who were beginning. Right. Right. Yeah. That's all. I'm always fascinated by how people are sort of, you know, the way they, the way they find their way into this, into this kind of world. So yeah, I like to hear those stories. It's fascinating for me to compare them to how I got into it and so forth. So you went to the seminar, you were surrounded by all these crazy entrepreneurs and, and, and <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the bluntness of Dan Kennedy and, yes. 
And so were you, did you feel empowered coming out of there? Like I'm going to. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I felt empowered because a lot of the things that Dan would say, I heard my father tell me early on. So, cause my granddad was in the military, so he was very harsh and brash the way that Dan was. And that got passed on to my dad, but now finally had like a blueprint. So I got the ultimate marketing plan, the ultimate sales letter. And I'm like, now I have a blueprint to follow. And those first sales letters and marketing plans I created were terrible, but (laughs) for the client I had, they didn't have anything but a sales force. And if a lead came in, they would call no follow-up. Right. You know how important, you know, your thing is auto responders. Yeah. There was no follow-up back in 2002, 2003 of any kind. So if a person didn't buy within 30 days, they trashed the lead. And I said, yeah. hey, why don't we just send out something every week and just talk about some different areas in which they can be covered? And then things began to convert. And I began to tell my dad, and he was like, hey, this makes a lot of sense. And he will put that those things into place in his business. Um, I wasn't compensated because he was paying for my school. <laughs> So, trade-off, trade-off. You know, it, yeah. it, was a, it was an equal trade-off, but I know when he called me and said, hey, you, I think you're really on to something. That kind of empowered me to go on and uh, start to pursue it full-time. Because before then, it was a lot of hucksters out there. Right. And I would read their information, and they were promising the world, but the results were not coming in. So Dan was like the first person who actually delivered on a lot of his promises. Wow. That's a uh, high praise in this, especially in uh, when you get started through internet marketing, I would say that's, uh, that's, the, uh, that's yeah. the, high, the highest of praise, I would say. So you got this local insurance client and mm-hmm. like you said, they had uh, like a lot of things. They had no follow up. They had very limited marketing yeah. uh, strategies in place. Did you start looking for other clients after that or were you? I did. Then things got tough because you don't know about how to manage the money for a client because it's your first client. So I'm thinking, <laughs> hey. I'm going to get clients every month <laughs> be the king of campus, you know? So, um, and then in 2005, Facebook ads were available to college students. So I remember the days when I could run an ad for $40 a week right. on Facebook. And so, I, you know, I would do other things like I would throw parties with my friends and we would make a ton of money because we would only spend $400 on ads and make five or six grand in a night. Right. Great. But, then you have your hiccups of mismanaging money and then clients are not coming in or client does not want to pay. You know, they own the rights to that system and there's nothing that, that you can do. So I've also had a decline as well, but I kept learning because I knew that I was onto something. And with my dad, the one thing that I did see in comparison to other members in our family, he did have a sense of liberation, even though he worked a lot of hours. Right. Um, there was a lot more joy that he had because he found a sense of purpose and he had more money come in. And people love to say that money can't buy happiness and it can't buy you <laughs> purpose or completion, <laughs> but happiness is for sale. Like yeah. if you can't provide for your family, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. So I saw that clearly in my family that worked at companies for 30 years and got a small retirement. And then my dad would get a contract for six figures. Mm-hmm. It would be jealous. And I'm like, but if you're happy with what you're doing, why do you care what he made? So I, I just kept down the, the path of entrepreneurship. And it's funny because once you sort of get into it, this is at least I found it this way, especially the direct response world of the Dan Kennedys and the Alberts and so people we talked about off the air a bit there. You know, you can't, un, you can't uh, unsee this. You can't yes. uncheck that box or whatever yes. you want to say. You know, you're kind of like compelled to do something about it. Yeah. And I think you have to make a clear distinction in the choice of either I'm going to go work the corporate route, which there's nothing wrong with that if you're good sure. at that. And that's what you truly want to do. But um, when I was done with college, the recession hit shortly after. And all of the friends who thought I was crazy for reading <laughs> all these books in the library yeah. or 
in the student union when they're getting laid off, they're like, hey, how can I make some quick money? I'm like, I don't know, because I've been on this journey now for two and a half, three, four years. I don't have an easy recipe for you because I know people love to say that entrepreneurship is easy right? to make all this money, but that's not always the case. And what I hate it is that people would glamorize how easy it was. And it's mm-hmm. like any other endeavor, any other sport, you have to consistently work at it. You know, and all the, I'm glad a lot of people like Ryan Stuman that you had on and mm-hmm. Gary, they're telling you, you have to work at this every day. The, the facade of going on a yacht and making 200 grand from a launch and doing it every month. I'm glad that's been wiped away. Um, but what, like you said, as you see this, the opportunity that is there, it's kind of hard to unsee it and go on the other path. Yeah, it's, I find that, and you're, and you're right. Uh, there has been like sort of that, uh, you know, and it's understandable why, because it's a lot easier to sell something that seems simple and easy. And yeah. there's a sort of like marketing and copywriting secrets to include in your stuff, <laughs> into your stuff. Those sort yeah. of Machiavellian things that, you know, you know, you want to stay away from things that sound like work or learning or anything. Yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, when you do encounter real people who are doing it for real, and certainly when I got started, I encountered people who were actually doing it. And uh, yeah, they were working just as hard or harder than any sort of job related people. Yeah. Uh, but maybe they were doing it on their own terms. And so, you know, there was a freedom to that. Uh, yes. You know, there was a freedom to be able to do it when they wanted, where they wanted, with who they wanted, so forth. It makes a huge difference. That, that sense of liberation, even when my, uh, my girlfriend was in the hospital two weeks ago with pneumonia. Right. Um, she was in there for six days. I know a lot of my friends, if they were working somewhere, they wouldn't have been able to take off six days and work from a hospital. Um, and I've known, you know, other friends, their family members would get sick and they would have like a two day furlough where they can leave, but they would have to come back. I just don't like that kind of right. life. And, uh, and entrepreneurship is a gift and a curse. But once you can find your own pocket for what works for you, it's an incredible feeling when it goes right. Yeah. I mean, and, and too, if you kind of, I don't know what the words are maybe, but it's like, you don't, you know, when I had jobs, I sort of hated working, you know, yeah. and I think a lot of people experience that when they have a job and they're not in control, maybe, and that's maybe part of it. But also, when I, even if I was making not so much money or I make, was making more money, the very fact is I was in control and I, I was doing what I enjoyed. Yes. Because you know? it was stuff I was reading and doing and applying. Even if I was didn't have a client, I'd still be studying or, or doing whatever. So, yeah, I think it's uh, the happiness comes from, like you said, you've, and sounds like what you've done is you found your purpose and, uh, and that has motivated you to get into what uh, you're into. So take us up. So you, you got out of college. What was the next step? Then I uh, moved to Atlanta, began taking clients and I went down the, the rabbit hole of, of being a consultant for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And then recently in the last uh, three and a half, four years, I switched to investing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, yep. Had clients. It was some of the most heart wrenching times of my life, but also some of the most beautiful because you're learning how to actually manage a business, manage clients, keep the inflow in, not focus on just having one client because if they walk away, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like to refer to the masters of, you know, Dan Kennedy and Halbert and in direct response space, but even um, like Al Reese and his books on positioning and right. all the books that he's written on marketing, because I think entrepreneurs today, because there's so much information available on Instagram and Facebook, they don't read those classics and they're going to mm-hmm. run into the same traps that I did. So for about five or six years, like I, I had, you know, clients and I did that gamut for a while. And I was fortunate enough to partner with a big ad agency when I was around 29 to 30 and I ended up working with Reebok and Chevron and 
Cool. Um, a couple of other big clients. So I got to learn how that infrastructure works, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating. And for all of those of you who listen that write copy, there's a ton of money for you in corporate because <laughs> there's not a lot of good copywriters in the, the traditional big, agency the boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you have to learn how to navigate the creative with, the, with being a wordsmith, mm-hmm. but there's a ton of opportunity there. I think just a lot of people in this community don't go after and reach it. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, perhaps it's a, an us versus them mentality. It's yes. uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of road obstacles, mental and otherwise yeah. uh, between that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think for somebody who's looked to do stuff that, that that's not a bad choice, you know, if you can get in there somewhere. Uh, so, so you, now when you were a consultant, what sort of ways did you look at getting clients and stuff? Like how did you acquire the clients you had and what were you, you know? So a, a lot of it was doing what um, Ryan Stuman hates when someone does to him. I would literally <laughs> go to, <laughs> I would go to a small business and say, hey, this ad is not going to pull well for you. But the difference with me was I would, I was a little bit more rogue. So I would test ads all the time Mm. and I would bring uh, data to them and say, well, I think this one will perform better. And I had more of a shotgun approach and I would just approach a bunch of people in that particular industry. And then I had like a small newsletter probably that I should have sent out. I know Ben Settle is huge on sending out an email every day and we'll get into that. But um, I would send out an email and say, hey, here's something that could help you in your business. And I would send a little bit of copy and it just send this out in the email. So I would send little blueprints to help them slowly build a relationship. I would talk about it on social all the time. And then I would get clients in like that, like, hey, because a a person in a construction business, a plumbing business, a a dentist's office, they don't know anything about building a marketing plan. They may know word of mouth, networking events, and a couple other things, but they don't have a full robust plan. So, and then in 2007, the book, The Ultimate Sales Machine came out, which is one of my favorite books of all time. Right. Uh, Guy rest his soul, Chet Holmes. So he came up with the idea of targeting a hundred uh, companies or a uh, best neighborhood strategy. Right. And I began to use that. So I would specifically focus on an industry at a time and go after, and then I would get one or two clients out of that mix mm-hmm. and keep that process going. And I really got good in the real estate and construction area just because my dad had been in that industry forever and I knew all of the pain points right. of uh, what they needed. Awesome. That's awesome, man. That sounds like you're really out there uh, applying what you'd learned. That's uh, it's nice to hear. Yeah. I mean, it was some, some good times and some bad times. Definitely. There's a lot of things that I wish I would have done better, been more consistent in putting out content. Um, that's why I think the discipline of putting out an email per day right, um, is good. And that's something that I do now via video for uh, those that follow me for investing advice and, and really just listening to those who came before me and just applied what they said and not try to remix or change anything that they said. So, right. Right. Yeah. I think it, I have a lot of respect for you mentioned Ryan Stewart earlier, people like that. I have a lot of respect because they just, although he's just cranking, I mean, he, he just, he, gets, he it just gets it done, man. He just yeah. gets stuff out every single day and it's, it's crazy. How, uh, you know, he's super motivated and stuff, but I mean, there's no reason why other people couldn't do that. Absolutely. And, and I think it's for, for me, it was just getting over my fear of what if I'm not good enough? There's people who right. are better. What if the content isn't as good, but most people aren't going to create a video or a post on anything. No. So, and if you look at the success of Gary Vee, in my opinion, mm-hmm. Gary Vee is nothing more than the newer version of Dan Kennedy or Halbert. Right. 
but he just puts out a ton more content. And right. of course, technology was different back in the early 90s and early 2000s. But if you look at the, the things and principles that Gary talks about, who had mm-hmm. a chance at the Super Bowl weekend, I mean, to me, he is like a hybrid of Dan Kennedy and Halbert, but he just uses different media platforms. But the principles are exactly the same. Yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, the, he's got that. Uh, one thing that obviously that a lot of these people have in common is just, just have a very strong personality. They make they make delineations. You know? yes. They draw lines in the sand where it's like, this is where I'm coming from and this is what I think is the best. And you may think otherwise, but that's for you to think. You know, I don't, this is where I'm yeah. coming from. And they're not afraid to stand up for what they think. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, same thing with Ryan and, and Perry Marshall. Clear line in the sand, get it done, just execute, don't overthink it. That's one of the things that I wish if I can go back 10 years I would tell myself and just say don't worry about it execute it if it fails it's okay it's not going to cost you that much right but having that confidence over time means a hell of a lot what sort of other things do you wish we went back to those consulting days you think uh, you might repair that knowing what you know now oh man we could be here forever (laughs) (laughs) Um, one when things are going good expect for the bottom to fall out Okay. <laughs> um, to, because here's the thing that bothered me about all the marketing books and, and advice. And there were maybe a couple of people who told me, but right. at some point a client is going to feel that you're not doing anything for them. They're paying you no matter right. how much money you're making. So I had a client um, and this is right when I quit. This is the reason why I got out of consulting and went into investing. Okay. When they came on with me, they just had started their store. They didn't have any employees, no inventory, no sales. So I started with them from the very beginning and got it to a point where they were selling out of all of their inventory. They ended up owing me $80,000 and told me, (laughs) well, you're only putting together the marketing component. I don't want to give you the 80 that you're owned. And I said, how could you not want to pay me? And before, well, I bought the building and I bought the inventory, but I'm like, you had no customers, none. And that was the kind of thing where, I mean, it was my fault because I probably should have got all the money up front and not allow payments to happen. Sure. So, but it's one of those things where hindsight is twenty twenty, and I really just got t- tired of being in a situation like that where a client would end up being unappreciative. And you see it in the ad agency world as well. Like an mm-hmm. agency would do incredibly well for a big brand. And after four years, they would just change the agency you know, to right. go with just for no reason at all. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. So, yeah, it happens a lot. And I think, you know, that's, uh, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because when I got into this as well, and I do consulting now, when I see, uh, you know, when I watched those Halbert videos from back in the day and the early yeah. Dan Kenny ones, and I sort of heard all the stuff that they had to say about these kind of situations. And then you go through it yourself and then, I, mean, I don't know if I just don't, you don't take it seriously or you got, or you got to see for yourself or I yeah, just, I, I feel, yeah. yeah or, I was or, like, Halbert, he's just the old grizzled man. He doesn't know. <laughs> Why is he saying clients suck? <laughs> and then I'm like, he he was right all along. Yeah, it's funny because like, you suck. almost have to like prove it to yourself by one of these huge uh, deals that where people uh, f you over, and then you're like, he was right, you know, yeah. uh, or whoever, you know. It's funny how it works that way. But it's like almost got prove it to yourself and see it firsthand. And that really is, I mean, experience is the best teacher, of course. But but so much better to learn from the experience. <laughs> yeah. And paying them taken. other people. Yeah, and yeah. I was young and a little bit, <laughs> uh, probably too arrogant at the time, a little bit mm-hmm. naive, but th- that's one of the lessons. It's like, okay, well, you have to protect the money. And it wasn't like I could afford not to have the 80000 Like, Not only was I upset financially, but I was also heartbroken because I-, I liked the person who ran the company. But I see why a Kevin O'Leary and Dan and Halbert 
as they got older, they became so harsh because they have been screwed over yeah. so many times. And that's why <laughs> I think they're so blunt in, in their dealings. So um, th- that's one mistake that I wish that I could do over again. And then probably um, not putting myself out there more earlier. And I think we all want to be great before we present ourselves to the world. But at a certain point, I think you're just delaying and letting the fear in your mind um, right. overcome you. So working through whatever subconscious issues that we have um, right. and seeing the people that, that are out there, now going back to Ryan, like Ryan's just absolutely fearless. Like Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. fearless. Uh, Cardone, fearless. Yeah. So um, I, I'm really trying to just put myself out there more and, and get better every day. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, that brings us up to where we're at. I mean, you decided to leave the marketing consulting world and you decided to get into something uh, different. and. Yes. Tell us about that process where you were sort of at the end of that phase and you were going to begin a new phase and sort of the, the thinking that went through all that. Yeah, it was perfect time. And so I had a college buddy who called me when we both went to Indiana University together and a guy that he went to, uh, who, who he got his MBA with, um, called him and said, I have to get you guys on the phone and tell you something. So this was right after the recession. Okay. So he picked up City at, I think, a dollar ten. And previously, I think City was like a 500 bucks. Okay. And we're like, I was like, okay, great. You know, the whole stock thing, I've heard of it. My dad had lost a ton of money in 2000. So my appetite was turned off to investing at that time. And then like four or five months later, he called us back and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm about to exit my position at $7. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he was like, <laughs> remember when I bought it at a dollar and some change? I said, yeah. He said, I'm getting out now at seven bucks. And I'm like, holy shit, are you serious? And that kind of lit the fire. And my other friend had already been investing. So he said, I want to show you what I know because the guy who taught me told me to pass it on. And I was like, mm. wonderful. And at the time, I mean, I was getting fed up with the marketing. And, and the truth be told, like, I was good at marketing. I'd done it for some corporations, but I knew I couldn't be the best at it. So there's a small niche that I could be a part of. And there's so many marketers now. I couldn't mm. find a lane to, to stand out in. So um, we hopped on for a few sessions for about three weeks in a row. And every day I'm telling you like a kid who's playing call of duty, I was in the market <laughs> 12, 13 hours a day. And I felt like I finally felt, uh, found my passion because all marketers know what's hot. Uh, we know trends very well. And when you're looking at the stock market and you're looking at a graph, you're doing nothing more than looking at data. So right. if your ads are underperforming, they're going to go down. Mm-hmm. But if they're performing well, they're going to go up. So I saw the parallels in the market and I just went all in. Um, and I asked him, I said, well, if I wanted to make more money per day, what would I do? And he said, just buy more contracts in a futures market or buy more shares. And I said, well, how much am I limited to? He said, as much as you can afford. And that light, <laughs> I said, oh, yes, Eureka. And the great part is like, I don't even now. I told a guy yesterday, I said, he said, I don't know if I want to work with you. I said, whether you work with me or not does not determine what I make. I'm completely fine with that. Come on when you're ready. But I love the fact that if I do well in the market, like I traded the German DAX, uh, which is their index today. Okay. Okay. I was in and out of the market for two hours. Nice day, 3,500. And I'm really happy (laughs) about those things because I didn't have to negotiate with anyone to um, Right, my money, but yeah, go going through that journey again and learning and applying myself and taking all the tools that I learned about discipline for marketing. I'm just applying it here to a different skill set. Right. So you just got basically when he told you about this, you just got very excited about it, much like you probably did when you first stepped into the room there at the Dan Kennedy's thing. Same feeling. 
Same feeling. Yeah. And, uh, and the autonomy, like you said, you didn't have to negotiate with any person uh, and so forth. Uh, must be a, a draw too to have the autonomy to just work on your own at your own leisure and or at your own frenetic pace, whatever you so choose. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. I, I look at the market every day because I think um, a lot of people, same in investing, they give this illusion that you can sit on a yacht and make $97,000 in two minutes. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that are not making any money. They're making all of their money off of, you know, students or people buying subscriptions. So right. um, keeping the same discipline because in any industry, the people at the top are working con- consistently. So I look at the market every day because I'm studying because what people don't realize is that that the charts that you see are representative of millions of people buying and selling. Right. So you have to study the patterns over and over again. But um, I, I do love the autonomy, deliberation, and then uh, taking something that most people think is such a difficult thing mm-hmm. and uh, going through the process of learning of how to get in and get out of the market. And I think one of the biggest uh, mistakes we were talking before we uh, began recording, no one tells entrepreneurs, hey, I know that you're going to be hustling and grinding away, but you need some money to work for you. So mm-hmm. in case things do not go well in your business, God forbid, you will still have a nest egg there. So right. I think one of the most important lessons is um, uh, Tony Robbins book, Money Master the Game is the one that I recommend the most. I don't have any affiliation, but right. that book has made me more money than any other. Every entrepreneur ha- has to be invested into the market. Right. And I know we can make a certain amount from our actual businesses, but let what the other wealthy people do, uh, follow their trend, look at the right. Dow, look at the S&P 500, and then also invest long-term. Yeah, we were talking off the air before we started that. So that's one of the things that people gets people into trouble sometimes. If people go back to look at uh, the episode I did with Justin Goff uh, most recently, that uh, the time of this recording, he talks about how he was doing consulting and freelance copywriting, and he lost. He, he called it the three days of hell, mm-hmm. and he he lost his biggest consulting client, which was like ninety percent of his income. Wow, you know his girlfriend dumped them, and then LeBron James left uh, Cleveland for Miami. So oh, <laughs> that was the, uh, the three, the three big ones. But there, you know, ninety percent of your income out out the window. I mean, window. that can happen if you don't have a diversification and multiple income streams. And uh, that's why I think it's important to have you on today. So, so you know, I'm a complete uh, moron when it comes to this stuff. What should I know? You know, right off the bat about uh, investing. Okay, uh, first thing first, don't worry about the market crashing. Because everyone always asks me, what are you going to do if the market tanks? And the, the short answer is there are many crashes that happen almost every year. So like October 24th, August 24th uh, was a flash crash that happened in Japan and then spilled over here. January of last year, the market was down for 30 days. Straight Brexit, June 24th, and then the night of the election, Trump you know, the, the market went down and then it went back up. And overall, if you look at any chart, I tell every entrepreneur, you can see trend because it's what you do for a living, especially marketers. Right. Look at a five-year month and just start with the basics. Look at the Dow, the S&P 500, and look at the NASDAQ. So the NASDAQ, and the index is nothing more. Look at it like an all-star team. Right. So it's the 30 best companies for the Dow, the 500 best on the S&P. So you don't have to pick a particular company to do well. Just go with the all-star team. You may not be a great GM to pick the best player, but if I tell you to put money on the Western all-star team every year, Right. You're going to do well. Same concept. So the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ are the three biggest indexes that there is in our market. Mm-hmm. And just start there. And then Vanguard has some very low cost ones. So um, even like IWF, which is a ticker symbol, which is the Russell 1000, a smaller index, 
Um, it's only around like $135 per share. And I said, do the minimum and just do 250 a month mm-hmm. every month because my dad didn't know. So when I told him, did you know if you would have put 250 in per month and if you would have got 7% interest every year, which is a very small amount, it's average. By the time I turned 30, I would have had $321,000 on my 30th birthday. He said, I could have taken half of that money and just put it away because mm-hmm. technically I gave it to you. And I said, I still would have been happy with a hundred plus yeah. grand sitting there for me. So if you guys have, or, or gals that listen to the podcast, if you have kids, at least start for your children. So when they get to be of age, because I'm very terrified after the next recession, mm-hmm. and then with robotics and AI coming into play, I don't think we're going to have a sustainable job market in 2025 years. Right. Um, there's going to be very doggy dog. So um, I already mentioned Money Master the Game. That's a good book. Mm-hmm. And then I put out a video every day that's, le- that's shorter than seven minutes every day um, if you guys want some more information there. But if you're not invested in the market, I would personally tell you, just get into an index fund, ride it up. And even after the recession, the market went up 300%. And the Trump bump that happened is just the extension of what happened when Obama was in office. Mm -hmm. And we probably could get to 400% return off of bottom, but most entrepreneurs are not in the market. And there's only so much hustling and grinding that you can do to make your business work for you. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Uh, thanks a lot, man. That's uh, you've dropped a lot of knowledge here today. It's good to hear, uh, you know, your sort of career trajectory and your story. And uh, it's been fascinating talking with you. I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. I had a blast. Awesome. For everybody else listening to the show, uh, that's a wrap for another edition of the podcast. We'll be back again next week with somebody else who's uh, just as excitable and interesting and uh, uh, as fun as Ian. Hopefully, until then. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.